Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 71st episode from the PJ Archive. It comprises two phone interviews I did with the Scottish actress, singer and presenter Claire Grogan. Claire is best known as lead vocalist with the pop group Altered Images, who had hits in the early 1980s, including Happy Birthday and I Could Be Happy. She's also had memorable roles in TV series such as Red Dwarf, EastEnders and Skins, and the classic comedy film Gregory's Girl. In our first interview from 2001, I started by asking Claire what she was up to work-wise. I do still do the occasional thing for VH1. I just actually finished a play, so that's a bit of bad timing, but never mind. Right. Um, I did a play of Gangster Number no. 1, which was really, really good fun. Yeah, I had a lifelong ambition to play one of those 60 types go-go dancers, which I got to do, because it's set in the 60s, so oh. that was fantastic fun. Yeah. Got to jive only for about 30 seconds, but it was <laughs> worth every second. I got a film show on Sky. Um, right. called Preview, which right. I do every every Saturday, which kind of highlights and reviews all our sort of good films that are coming up every week. A bit of a Barry Norman job. Yeah, it's a lovely job, actually, because I love film, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've been going to the pictures since I was four years old, so I was brought up, you know, going to the cinema, so it's really nice when your hobbies end up turning into something quite lucrative for you. Yeah, well, you were in a couple of movies, weren't you? Yes, I certainly was. I've been in four films, actually, but nobody quite gets beyond <laughs> I mean, it's very, very flattering and touching just how fond people are of that film. Oh, yeah. And um, I think it's been so long now that I can feel quite nostalgic about it. Oh, you know? yeah. Fantastic. I really can. And yeah. I'm still really good friends with Gordon, which is lovely. Do you not sing anymore? Very, very rarely. I did actually get to sing in the play as well, which is nice, actually. I really, really enjoyed it more mm. than I expected to because, um, you know, she has this kind of nightclub hostess girl and um, I got to sing Mad About the Boy. Oh, lovely which song. Which is such a great song. Yeah, I've got the Dinah Washington one on CD. Uh, it's fantastic. And I really love that, I must admit. Have you been asked to do panto? I have, yes. Did you find that a bit insulting? Not really, because the, the money's not that insulting. No, <laughs> Never insulted by that kind of money. <laughs> but, I, you know, actually, I just really enjoy Christmas and New Year so much that the thought of having to work through it yeah. has never really appealed to me. Do you know what you were asked to do and how long ago it was? Um, well, I've been asked to do quite a few over the years. But the one that I haven't been asked to do, though, is Peter Pan, and <laughs> that would be the tempting one. As Peter Pan? Yes. Yeah, Lulu's yeah. had a bit of a, a run in that one. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> yeah. Because there's a sort of tomboy aspect to you, I think, from, to your image. Would you think that's fair? I think that's true, yeah. I mean, I like lots of girly things, but yeah. um, I don't know. Every day I'm a different person. Are you not being offered money to reform altered images? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but you say no every time. Well, you know... I'm genuinely really quite busy doing lots of other stuff and, you know, never say never and all that, but it just, um, I've just kind of moved, moved on. on so much that it would just seem very strange to me, you like know. Like a backward step. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think in a weird way, you know that whole kind of um, 
I think the chance to kind of relive your youth a bit is quite an interesting concept, though. Mm. And I think that is the angle that kind of that, that would appeal to me, because I think most of it, because obviously well, when I was going through it at the time, I wasn't really appreciating yeah. what an amazing position I was in. You it know? all happens too quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Really? yeah. So in a weird way, it's kind of like uh, tempting, but so far I've resisted. But these 80s, um, like these big 80s concerts they're doing mm-hmm. with uh, Spandau Ballet and Toya Wilcox and Adam Anson, have you been asked to do those? Uh-huh. You have. You don't want to say much, do you? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you, deci- you decided not to do it anyway. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's a shame. I'd love to see you perform again. Aww. I never got the chance in those days. I had all your CDs and your <laughs> records and stuff, but I never got the chance to see you live, which would have been great. Well, as I say, never say never yeah. is my motto. But, um, yeah, it's a weird one. I, I'm, I, I genuinely get a bit dumbfounded about how, how interested people are in all of that. You Nostalgia. Know? Yeah. You're part of a lot of us. Yeah. Y- younger days and I don't, don't mean to make you sound old don't get me wrong I'm older than you are I think mm-hmm. but uh, how old are you I'm, I'm 40 I'm going to be 40 next oh. year are you what Hi. are you going to do for that <laughs> hide in a cupboard <laughs> <laughs> are you um, not going to celebrate you know I will celebrate I actually I'm really looking forward to being a grown up you know mm. <laughs> I really am I don't mind it being 40 I tell you my two sisters mind though because they're both older than me and they're like how can we have a wee sister that's 40? That's yeah. just not fair. So they're a bit put out about it, but I'm quite happy. And I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do yet, but um, I'm sure I'll do something. Probably something will be done for you if you don't. Well, I do keep on saying to my husband, I wouldn't mind a surprise party. It's like, <laughs> well, there goes the surprise, Claire. But anyway... Are you a big fan of the way Glasgow has uh, progressed in the last, you know, couple of decades? I mean, it used yeah. to have a very right now. It's got an amazing reputation yeah. all over the world, a cultural centre, hasn't mm-hmm. it? It has. I mean, I think that. Um, I think it was it nineteen ninety that was the year of culture in Glasgow. Something I'm sure like it was, Peter. Mm. I think when Glasgow knew that it was going to be the city of culture in nineteen ninety, it really rose to the occasion and has kept up the standard. I mean, I'm really always impressed with what's going on in Glasgow. I really love it. And if I'm being honest, I think that when I left Glasgow, it, you know, it just wasn't, there wasn't the same amount of stuff going on. There mm. just wasn't, you know. And I do think that now you could very easily live and work and be successful in Glasgow yeah. um, doing what I now do. But, I mean, when I left, it was a kind of necessity, you know. And I think that's changed, which is great. Because you were sort of born and brought up there, weren't you? Yes, I was. And you have happy memories of your early days in Glasgow. Very happy memories of Glasgow. Um, You know, I really have benefited from having a lovely family, you know, really great parents. And uh, I know that sounds a bit corny, but, um, you know, all my memories are so happy of just, you know... You know, things like going to the cinema with my mum and dad when I was four. Mm. You know, I can remember them kind of smuggling me into films and things like that because you had to be five. Mm -hmm. And I always looked a bit younger than my age. So my mum used to put big ribbons in my hair and stuff to give me that more grown-up wee girl look. And we lived right in the centre of Glasgow, just off Sucky Hall Street. I mean, it was probably quite an unremarkable kind of childhood. Mm. But I just always remember having great fun. Did you always have an idea that you might make it to the big time, to the glittering lights of London and America and so on? Mm, I never doubted it for a second. 
really? which is really, really odd. From the word go, you know, I was absolutely not aspiring to be famous, so I was aspiring to be part of something that really intrigued me. I mean, I've, I've said this so many times, but I really was brought up on Doris Day, Audrey Hepburn, Goldie Hawn, yeah. Shirley MacLaine, and I really loved them. I loved these funny women and stylish and and I just wanted to be part of that. Did you feel you'd have to leave Glasgow in order to achieve that? Not initially because, I mean, big opportunities came just as I left school um, when I got asked to be in Bill's film and then also, you know, just being in the band and stuff like that. So it was kind of all on my doorstep and there was no certainly no pressure at that point to move away. When did you move away first? Probably, I think, about 1985. Right. So you'd already had your success with Altered Images by mm-hmm. then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really live anywhere when that was going on. I was just right. constantly on the move. Right. And I, I think that, you know, I really loved Glasgow, but I also wanted to... I just wanted to broaden my horizons again a wee bit, you know. Where did you go to? To London? I came to London, yeah. Right. And w- was it quite difficult, though? Was it quite a wrench? Not really, because my sisters lived down in London. Oh, my right. two big sisters were down here. And, you know, Stephen, my yeah. husband, my husband, yeah. then boyfriend, was right. living in London. So it just became a circumstances thing that brought me here. You know, like a lot of people that kind of go to London, you think, oh, well, I'll go to London for a year, see how it goes. It just keeps on going on, I suppose. Were you able to buy yourself a pretty enormous house because you'd made a huge fortune from the band? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I have got a really lovely house, but um, that has come as a result of all the hard work that I've done since the band. I didn't really make any money out of Altered Images at all. Why not? Is it well, a classic case of signing yeah. a bad contract or something? Yeah, I mean, just naivety and also just being caught up in what was a really horrible kind of legal thing for years. Right. Um, which is such a complicated story, Peter. And such which, a pity as well, isn't it? Yeah, that it I mean... it sort of be soured like that. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, mean I, I pretty much worked for nothing for the first five years of God. my working life in the band, as it turned out. Um, which is awful. And, you know, and, and I say it's really wasteful because we did sell something like five million oh, records. Yeah. Are you still making money from them, though, from royalties and stuff? Yeah, oh, I am to, now getting a little bit, but, yeah. um, you know, at the height of it, we were not kind of seeing the sort of... Well, I don't know, it's very hard to say, um, but I certainly haven't... I should have been rich out of altered images, and oh, I'm not, <laughs> for all sorts of reasons. And do you think you settled in North London partly because it's sort of closer to Scotland and easy to get up there? Absolutely. It's a really bizarre thing. I mean, there's lots of Scottish people and, um, you know, Northern English people that end up in these areas. And it is because you're near the A1 yeah. and the M1. And Kings Cross. <laughs> it's very, very yeah. strange. Have you got a place up there? I don't know. I used to have, um, but um, we weren't, I was, it just got silly you know i wasn't there often enough but funnily enough i go i'm still going home about once a month but uh i, I let it go i might do get somewhere else so do you sort of fill your house with memorabilia and so on do you have much memorabilia from your pop days and your no. acting and so on? i mean I, I i don't i mean i try and keep souvenirs from all my acting jobs that i do like you know i, I just did i think i mentioned gangster number one yeah 
I got to wear some really terrible but fantastic at the same time dress for my sort of go-go dancing thing, right. kind of bright orange and floral, and I just absolutely had to keep that, you know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a bit sad that I haven't kept more stuff over the years, because in a way, it's not because I've been blasé about all my experiences, but I maybe just haven't realised how lucky I've been to do all the things that I've done, and in a way, I wish I had sort of documented it a bit, you know. Quite I don't well regret document. that I haven't, but I kind of think it would have been nice, nice to have, because of course now people constantly ask me about things, yeah. and, I, and I go, hmm, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I imagine there are fans, though, who have got scrapbooks and scrapbooks of yeah. stuff that uh, they could always show you or lend you, or, <laughs> or they'll probably give you, in fact. Well, actually, recently um, somebody was saying that they'd find an old copy of Jackie magazine that I was in, they were cleaning out their attic or something. Oh. And I was thinking, oh my God, I mean, Jackie doesn't even exist anymore, no, but no. Uh, I really laughed, because I can actually remember, when she told me about yeah. what was in it, I was like, God, I can remember the day I did that. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you still got any of those rah-rah skirts from the 80s? <laughs> I swear to God, I don't think I ever did have a rah-rah skirt. Well, that sort of thing. I think it was Pepsi and Shirley. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it was me, it was me, I confess. No, I don't, I don't have them. Do you know, I don't even own a, my own records anymore. Oh. I don't have them. And right. n- not for any... I mean, it's not the kind of thing you do. You don't really buy your own records. And any ones you get from the label, you'll end up giving away to people. So yeah. I think my mum's got them and my sister's probably have them, but we don't have them here. Oh, I've got a few. Oh, very <laughs> brave you, isn't it? <laughs> You're still friendly with a lot of sort of people from the music business. I mean, obviously working in the music television stations, mm-hmm. you will be. Um... I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, I think it's 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 quite funny because, in a way, um, you know, even when, you know, I was flying high at the top of the charts and all mm. the rest of it, I mean, I wasn't hanging out with any other band apart from my own, really, because mm. uh, you don't get the chance to a lot of the time. Um, it's not as sociable as you might think it'd be, but, you know, I mean, because Stephen's a record producer, yeah. obviously, um, I always get to hang out with the bands that he works with and stuff, mm. and... You know, I'm, I'm working at VH1, you know, I, I get to meet people and it's really nice, but, you know, I'm I'm not best friends with uh, Jerry Halliwell or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and when people see you in the street, do they sort of sing happy birthday to you and stuff all the time? Well, to be honest with you, I mean, people talk to me on a daily basis and depending on how old they are, Peter, they talk to me about different things. Yeah, that's interesting. Sometimes it's a band, sometimes it's Red Dwarf. Sometimes it's EastEnders, sometimes it's, you know, because they've seen my film show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I feel quite flattered that, you know, I mean, a lot of the sort of younger kids who saw me in EastEnders didn't know anything about my past. So that's quite nice. I quite like that. I totally understand people's attachment to my past, Peter. I really, really do. But it's also quite nice if people sort of see me <laughs> as someone who's, who's been doing things for 21 years. It doesn't really upset me or anything like that, but, you know, it's it's hard when you've, I mean, t- to a certain extent, when you've worked as hard as I have yeah, yeah, for quite. so long, and then everybody just goes, oh, yeah, you did that song. You know, like, yeah. um, well, you know, there's been a bit more to it than yeah. that. And it's really horrible to have to say that to people, because, I mean, we're all guilty of it, you know. I look back at, you know, I mean, I, I kind of think, you know, even 
Hugh Grant, probably there's not a sentence written about him without four weddings and a funeral being in it and stuff. So I do understand how it works and how you have to remind people and stuff. But it's quite nice if people go, there's been a bit more to it than that. Are you going to be in the movie of Red Dwarf? Um, No, I'm not. Why are you not going to be in that then? (laughs) You don't want to say? (laughs) Next question. Oh dear, sorry about that. (laughs) No, 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 it's okay. (laughs) Do you know Ken Loach at all? I don't know. I mean, I know who he is, but I yeah. don't know him. Should get in with one of his films. Yeah. He makes that that one. My name is Joe. It's fantastic. Did you see that? Yes, it's a fantastic film. Yeah. P- um, Peter Mullen used to live down the road from us. He was yeah. one of the first boys that I fancied. Isn't that really uh, odd? I haven't yeah. seen him since he was. I was ten and he was twelve or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> they had a, one of those I Love the Eighties programs. Do you ever watch those? Uh, I do occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, because they did the thing about you. You were probably being interviewed as well for it, but they were all saying that uh, all the lads fancied you in the 80s. I thought that was very nice. It was very nice. I couldn't <laughs> have got arrested in those days, though. I mean, I really couldn't. That's why I always find it so ironic. It's right, like, well, where were they then? Why it's didn't they just ask? It's funny, isn't it? I know. It is, it's, it's true. I mean, and I can't imagine on any level anyone being intimidated by me. <laughs> A lot of women say, I think I intimidate, I intimidate them with my, you know success and you know all the rest of it and I, I can't honestly imagine I would have that effect but then you ended up with someone in your own band anyway didn't yes, you I so, did. so you did alright in the I end did. you were always throwing yourself around the stage weren't you on the, I was yeah. yeah how fit are you now do you reckon uh, not as fit as I used to be right I'm so hyperactive that I have to find a way of <laughs> trying to get some of the energy out there somewhere yeah. so um, since I was about 16 I've been running and I do lots of hand weights and stuff. I probably exercise about four times a week right. for about 45 minutes, and I'll probably do about 10 minutes with the with dumbbells. Because, as I say, since I was 16, I've, I've exercised, exercised in a regular basis, and I've been really faithful to it. I've never been obsessive about it, though. I mean, four times a week, that's my absolute limit. I've got no desire to do any more than that. Mm. You know, but I've always done it faithfully. Yeah. I don't really know why. I think uh, I actually really like running. Um, when I saw Forrest Gump and when he decided <laughs> to kind of start running and run around the world, I really related to that. Really? <laughs> How funny. And do you think basically you'll always stay in North London or do you think ultimately you will probably end up back in Scotland one day when yeah, you retire? I, I mean, I... I honestly watch Monica the Glen at practically every Sunday. Oh, bless going, you. I want to live in that castle. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's my kind of fantasy would be to go back to Scotland. And who knows whether it will happen. I mean, I really, you know, my, my life just constantly surprises me. You kind of never know what's next, and I quite like that. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I do fantasise about going back to Scotland, I must admit. And how does your husband feel about that? You know, he's Scottish as well, so yeah, of course, yeah. I think that we both kind of think one day. What's the most romantic book you've ever read and why? Ooh, I find The Shipping News a really romantic book. Who wrote that? Actually, her name is E. Annie Ploutz, and and it won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction in 1994. Right. I'm just reading the cover of it. They just made it into a film as well. It's a really atmospheric kind of unconventional love story and it's really beautiful it's a lovely lovely book is it set on the ocean wave then it's set in nova scotia right and um 
It's about this guy who's a widow. He returns to his kind of his origins, which is Newfoundland, uh, with his two with his two daughters, who are, are quite delinquent, really. And he he reports the shipping news in the area. He's a journalist, right? And he meets this this woman there, who's a widow as well. You know, when you read a book, and yeah. you can really can really be there with yeah. them, and um, you know, it's really unglammy, and yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really not kind of. Hollywood love story type book. It's yeah. just real people and um, just set in a really strange kind of environment, you know, that you get sucked into. It's funny as well, and it's I guess it's a book about the sort of the possibilities of life, you yeah. know, just yeah. when you think your your life is. You know, how some people decide that that's it, it's kind of over for them, and they're just going to play it out the rest of they're they're going to play out the rest of their life, and then something happens to to make them realise that maybe it's just beginning again. And I really love that notion. It's a lovely book, I highly recommend it. My second interview with Claire Grogan took place in 2015, when she was about to attend a special screening of Gregory's Girl at the British Film Institute in London. In your long and distinguished career so far, where does Gregory's Girl rank among the projects you've been involved in? It'd be right at the top, really. Seriously? Yeah, I really? guess. Well, I mean, I, I think simply because without it, I'm I'm not sure, you know, where I'd, where I'd be without it in many ways, you know, because it's been such an amazing calling card. So, I mean, I think maybe if you'd asked me that question 10 years ago, um, you might not have got the same answer, but I think with age, you start realising just how significant things are. Bigger even than altered images? Um, yeah, I, I think that... Um, I, it's just been such an overwhelming experience for many different reasons. The the fact that it's taken me on such... I know this probably sounds a bit corny, but it has taken me on the most incredible journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gregory's Girl, and one that everybody just keeps wanting me to, you know, return to in a way, you know. Yeah. I've never had any option but to keep going with it. <laughs> It's always going to be part of my life, Gregory's yeah. Girl. You know, yeah. and I don't think there's many, as an actor, I don't think there are as many jobs that, that out there that you that, that have that kind of long-lasting effect on yes. your overall career. Yeah, the film was released 34 years ago, so it <laughs> must must be very strange to find yourself promoting it yet again. Yeah, it's it's extraordinary, and I don't know. This, I really, it's kind of bonkers as well. Oh. I mean, it really is. It's a kind of lovely thing to have in my life. Yeah. It, it really is. Even more remarkable, because it was such a low-budget project. It wasn't really expected to be a hit, was it? Well, I mean, I I certainly didn't know what was going to come out of it at the mm. time. For us, I think for all of us, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I'm sure Gordon and, and Dee would <coughs> say the same thing. We kind of just... I don't think any of us quite knew what we were getting ourselves into. <laughs> but, you know, we embraced it at the time and everything that came after it was a bit of a bonus, you yeah. know. I mean, I mean, I remember my main concern before it coming out was what my mum and dad were going to think about the opening scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More concerned about that than anything. 
And as you know, the BFI are featuring it to almost mm -hmm. educate young people about relationships. To what extent have people told you down the years that it made them think about relationships? And, and how much did the film teach you in that respect? If I think about it, the number of conversations I've had with more with men, and I think maybe that's the, the lovely thing about it, because, you know, I think a lot of guys over the years have said to me, you know, they... I was Gregory, you know, mm. and I, it was really reassuring to know <laughs> that I wasn't the only one <laughs> and that, you know, it's quite an extraordinary multi-layered film, you know, I mm. mean, I think it's just, it's very clever, it's very clever in many sort of subtle ways, you know. But it was presumably impossible to see that at the time because it just must have seemed just like a nice film. But the magic kind of came when it was put together, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that all of us, and, you know, we were all at an age, we were all sort of preoccupied with our own selves and our own pals and our own wee lives. And, and you know, I think it would be really fair to say that we were all really enthusiastic about acting mm. and performing. I mean, you know, I, I would say that we were all... You know, even at that tender age, quite dedicated <laughs> in our own funny way, yeah, yeah. ways to to wanting to succeed at um, you know at impressing Bill more than anyone. You mm. know, who'd given us this opportunity. You know, I I think we all you know entered into it like wholeheartedly. I mm. think it's only over the years that it's dawned on me how. <laughs> how clever it is, you mm. know. I mean, I remember at the time thinking it was pretty cool that it was a girl that was, like, going to be the star of the football team. And yeah. it, you know, I noticed things like that. And, I, you know, it was quite, you know, I did sort of notice a slight role reversal thing. I might mm. not have described it that way, you know, like boys baking cakes. Mm. I mean, this is way before the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> you know, so there was quite a lot of forward thinking in it, you know. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is cool. <laughs> And how did you feel about Dorothy effectively standing up Gregory? And what did you think would have become of Gregory and Susan? <laughs> well, I never really... You know, I always thought Dorothy was a really good sport. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to give up the leading man, so to speak. Mm. <laughs> and she did, you know. And I, I remember thinking that at the time. This is quite... This is a really cool person. This character, Dorothy, as the... A very cool person, mm -hmm. although I, n I never get to see her. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of thought there was a, a beauty to that, that this, you know, she stepped aside and went, no, that's going to work better for you too. Oh. I thought there was something quite lovely about that. Mm -hmm. Because there was no, um, you know, there was just no bitchiness to mm. of it. It was girls helping each other. There was no mean girls at that school. <laughs> You'll be joined at the BFI by Dee and John. How much of a yeah, bond? How much of a bond do you feel with them? Bearing in mind, Gregory's girl is held in such high regard and affection. Gordon and I are really good pals. Um, apart from anything, he married one of my best friends. Oh, okay. Did you <laughs> so fix him up? <laughs> Just a little bit. Did you really? Uh, were, were you the cupid for that relationship? <laughs> well, I always kept on thinking they would make a really great couple, but as soon as I stopped pushing it, they started it okay. <laughs> all for themselves. So, um, you know, Gordon and I have have always, you know, been very close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really have. And, you know, Dee, I just never saw after... I mean, I saw Dee at the Glasgow 
film festival when oh. they showed had the screening of it, and it was such a delight to see her. It yeah. really was. <laughs> we just kind of picked up where we left off. It was just one of those moments where there was oh. no awkwardness, there was no... Because I think she's the one other person in the world that really knows the impact that this movie's had on yes. us. <laughs> she yes. gets it. I rung her in 2012 when the Olympic Games happened. I don't know if you saw, but a very short clip of Gregory's yes. girl was used at the uh, opening ceremony or was it the closing ceremony? I mean, I honestly leapt off my chair. <laughs> bless you. At events uh, such as this one at the BFR, you're quizzed about the film endlessly. Mm-hmm. Is there anything about it that's never been revealed or never will be revealed because you kept a little secret amongst yourselves? Well... If there is a secret, I don't know. I mean, there possibly okay. is, but I think Bill Forsyth would be the person you'd have to ask yeah. about that. I think he's the one that would probably have, have some real hidden gems about the movie. How much contact do you have with him these days, and what's he up to? Uh, well, I saw him recently at the Scottish Baptist, um, mm-hmm. just the other week, mm-hmm. and it was lovely to see him. I hadn't seen him in a while, and, yeah, and it was great. I mean, he's just... I, I couldn't tell you what he's up to, you know, mm-hmm. um, but he was in really good form that night and we were all there celebrating, um, well, t- two great Scottish professionals, one, my dear friend David Balfour, who won the Outstanding Achievement to Craft, he's an amazing prop master, mm-hmm. and who worked on Comfort and Joy, and oh, yes. of course Bill Patterson, who won the Lifetime Achievement, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. so Gordon, uh, Bill, and... Alex Norton, Bill Patterson, mm-hmm. Balf and I were all there, so that was quite an unusual mm. event in itself. So, Any memorable conversation with Bill about Gregory's Girl? You know, every time I see Bill for size and I don't see him that often, I, I do, I thank him. And what are you up to acting-wise these days? At the moment, I'm doing a sitcom for Radio 4 oh, uh, yeah. with a young, really brilliant young comedian called Josie Long. Oh, yes. And it's called Looking for Romance and Adventures. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> My fuzzy mummy brain. <laughs> um, so I'm not actually sure when it's been broadcast, but that's been recorded mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I made a film over the summer called Delirium, which right. is another kind of low-budget British project, which should be released next summer. Yeah, no, it just all keeps in a very lovely way keeps trucking for me you know it's not in you know i'm going to be in glasgow this weekend at mm-hmm. the scottish music awards performing so still sing so yeah it's just huh. i've got a lovely you know little i don't know i've just created a little niche for myself i think and when you sing is it with altered images or are you claire grogan and altered images or just claire grogan or? no it's um i mean we the, well, I always say to people, the beauty of having a band called Altered Images is the lineup can change. Yes. <laughs> so I, I work with a group of really brilliant um, young musicians from mm-hmm. Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm going up there tomorrow to rehearse with them. Yeah, and we obviously we do the Altered Images songs because that's what people want to hear, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, over the years, I, when I was in Skins, the producers asked me to write some tracks for them. So. Mm-hmm. It, we include some of them in the set and you know it's it's i played music you know i, I did covers of songs that i love you know yeah. it's it's a really lovely hobby to have 
Over the years, how often have you been asked to sing happy birthday to people celebrating their birthday? And what's been the most unusual such request? Oh, you know, I've had it literally... Um, every. I mean, I honestly didn't sing it at all for 18 years. And then suddenly I, I kind of got over it. And quite frequently, you know, friends will get in touch and say, listen, this friend of mine's husband's <laughs> and what I do is I do little video clips for everyone on oh. my iPhone and send it to them I've had people you know um, lots and lots of people I mean I've, I've sung it to <laughs> Degree Scott and the Groucho Club of, oh, right. you know sung it for you know people have asked me to leave it on answer machines yeah, in Hollywood yeah, you know, yeah, for yeah. producers I mean <laughs> Incredible. It's been a really silly and gorgeous song to have mm. in my life. Talking of gorgeous songs, last year Gary Kemp publicly revealed that he'd written True About You. When did you first find out? And what kind of reaction have you had from the public since he made that admission? I mean, people do talk to me about it, which is quite funny. A, a lot of the mums at, at the school gate <laughs> mm. were like, I have just read quite an incredulous way that <laughs> 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 this song you know so it's it's a funny thing I mean I used to I mean honestly I used to whenever I was you know I could tell I was really pissing my husband off I would say listen can I just remind you I was the girl that inspired truth <laughs> but I used to say it as a joke mm. and then <laughs> Gary kind of confirmed it yeah. <laughs> it just suddenly was like mm -hmm. Okay, this is too much responsibility. This is too big a song to have inspired. <laughs> <laughs> Did he not tell you at the time then? Did you only find out last year, officially? I mean, officially, yeah. I only found out really when he he talked about it in his on the telly. in his book. I think. Mm. Oh yeah. yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's when I first kind of. But at yeah. the time, did he not say, "By the way, Claire, you know that song"? <laughs> no, he absolutely didn't. No. So whenever you've heard it played on the radio, especially mm -hmm. since he's made this submission, how does it make you feel? <laughs> well, I mean, I think I'm an absolutely huge fan of the TV series Modern Family. Yes. And there's a whole episode dedicated to the song. Is there? <laughs> really? And I have to say, I was like, I'm sorry, you know, that's me that's, that's done that. <laughs> as a bit of a joke. You know, what a lovely thing, you know, honestly. I actually just find it a bit embarrassing, though, as well. I don't know why, I just do. <laughs> <laughs> as I say, the weight of responsibility of having yeah. such a big song written about you <laughs> as a middle-aged woman just seems quite strange. <laughs> <laughs> but Gary said it was about his unrequited love for you. Did, <laughs> did you just yeah. not fancy him at the time? Ah. Oh. I don't think it was as straightforward as that. I really don't. I think that I was, you know, we were both really young and caught up in the whirlwinds of our own bands and our own crazy lives. I mean, we were never in the same city. You know, I mean, it was really, it was too difficult. But, you know, Gary, you know, Gary will always have a place in my heart. He's a really lovely man. Did you actually date? Did you actually kiss? <laughs> <laughs> I I, I I don't remember. Oh, how convenient. Have you Listen, I'm not a kiss-and-tell kind of girl. You must know that about me. <laughs> oh, so you'll never reveal, then, the true extent nope. of your romance. <laughs> oh. And uh, Tony Hadley, of course, is currently in the jungle. Yeah. Would you ever go on that or any other reality TV shows? 
It's kind of not my thing. I just, I really, um, I mean, I have been approached in the past by the producers of, you know, I'm a celebrity, and I just think, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Why? Um, Do you prefer creature comforts to creatures? Yeah, I mean, it's. I just don't feel the need to expose myself at that mm-hmm. level. I really... You know, it's just not for everyone, and I think I've realised that about myself, although my daughter would love me to do it. She's like, oh, mummy, please. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any reality TV shows that you would do, that you'd consider, that you've been asked to do? Well, the only one I've done is MasterChef, Celebrity MasterChef. (laughs) Yes. And um, I love that. Although, you know, it was a a very, you know... It was um, it was actually a, a quite a difficult experience in the end for me, but I did I did enjoy moments of it. Having been a lead singer of a pop band, you'd have thought you'd be good on Strictly. <laughs> yeah, no, they've never asked me. Oh, but you might <laughs> consider that one. Well, as I've got a bit of a penchant for um, you know sequins, <laughs> feather boas, <laughs> lamy, you know that would be the one that would maybe tempt me. But oh, good. You, you know, <laughs> You know, I think everybody kind of quite like gets their head around that one. But I think it's really tough as well. I don't think that's easy. Yeah, neither of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned your daughter. Is she showing signs of wanting to go into show business? Oh, I mean, she's a really, really great singer. I mean, I don't... It's just such a joy to me that she sings all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's got a great voice. She really has. But whether or not she'll you know, decide to do anything with it, she can, it's her choice in life. Yes. And if you could go back in time knowing what Mm -hmm. you do now, what would you do differently? Do you know, I would just worry less. I think that, you know, at times I really, I mean, I think I've always been, got the kind of nature where I, I, I care what people think. And I think that, yeah, I've been, you have to have quite a thick skin for this business. Mm. So I think I would just tell my younger self to relax and enjoy it a bit more. 